Hello, welcome to our Worship Facility Podcast, using color in your lighting to maximize the worship experience with Tom Stanziano. I'm Gene Lass, editor of Worship Facility. Hey guys, we're at CFX. I'm hanging out with Tom Stanziano. Did I get it right? You got it right. Stanziano. Stanziano. Okay. All right. I was Italiano. close. I was close. <laughs> All right, man. You are doing a workshop on using color to enhance our worship experience. All about lighting in the worship experience. So, can I give me an overview of your workshop? Well, I, I created this session. Um, I'm a volunteer at my local church, and one Sunday morning, early in the morning, um, walk in, the band starts, really upbeat, high praise song, but the colors were blue, purple. You look at the projection screens, they're blue and purple. It really didn't go with the music. And I'm thinking to myself, this doesn't really get me excited. As we kind of transition into worship, the colors transition into more yellows and reds, but it's a worship song. Right. So it really got to me thinking about how we use color. And, you know, as a young designer, I really never really thought about color. It was what looks cool. As I matured and I started working more in broadcast, that's when I started to think about using colors because colors, how it affected the cameras, how to look on camera, uh, looking at wardrobe, things of that nature, really had a major impact. So you're currently a volunteer at Harborside Church yes. near Tampa, right? Correct. And you were at Lakeside Church. Uh, Lakewood uh, Church. Lakewood Church, sorry, in Houston. Uh, and so walk me through how you went from, and you talked about it a little bit, but walk me through how you went from volunteer and then got into more of helping them with lighting, helping them understand color, and then what you started to do and implement. When, when I first started at, at Lakewood, I had no worship experience. You know, I, I grew up Catholic. Um, most of my experience has been cruise ships, live entertainment, oh, okay. theater. So... I kind of had to learn the whole worship aspect. And as I started to talk to other churches, there were no resources for the church. On lighting, uh, color. On, on lighting. So I, I started going out to other churches and talking about lighting and how we did things at Lakewood. So I developed several different training classes, you know, basic lighting 101, uh, broadcast lighting, and then expanded upon it with, with using color. So tell me how color and lighting affect storytelling. How can I tell a story using lighting? Color is all around us. I mean, we use it in marketing. We use it in entertainment. It, it's a way to express emotion. And within our, our worship music, we feel that emotion. You know, we want that excitement. Um, you know, those early morning Sunday services, everybody's tired. Everybody's been out the night before. Last week we want to do is, is feel excited about going to church. Color helps enhance the music. It projects that energy. It helps the worship leaders. It helps the, the, the worship bands feel the energy in the room. It's very impactful. Um, 
as I started to do research on, on color, it affects people differently. You know, there's the emotional aspect of it, but there's also the psychological aspect. So within my session, I break it down into three different parts. You got the science, so helping us understand how we see color, uh, the psychology, how we do emotion, uh, how the emotions affect us. That way we can create our art. So let's get practical here. Tell me what colors are best for what songs, what moments in a worship experience. Kind of give me some practical. I'm going to use orange and yellows for this, dark blues, purples for this. Walk me through that. So color combinations that, that I like to use are very exciting, vibrant colors. So like high praise. You want yellows and reds and whites, you know, very electrifying colors. For the worship set, you want it more subdued. Blues and lavenders and magentas, because you want the congregation to enter into that deeper sense of worship. And having lights really bright kind of takes away from utilizing, you know, that, that worship experience. So let's dive back into your three areas. Walk me, give me some more details on the science of color. What, what did your research teach you? Well, I, I kind of got the science aspect from, from my son. Okay. Um, he came home, and one of the subjects that they were, they were learning was how we see. And, I mean, it was basic fourth-grade science, you know, uh, talking about uh, rods and cones and how humans see different colors um, than animals. Uh, animals see colors differently because it's all based on survival, you know, hunting for food. So that's where the whole science aspect comes in. How about the psychology? Uh, the psychology is, you know, how we react to different colors, the meaning of color. You know, when you see blue, how does it make you feel? Um, when you see red... You know, what emotions are, are um, portrayed by, by those different colors? How about the art? It's utilizing those color combinations. Um, you know, one fascinating thing that I found about color in my research that um, Isaac Newton was inspired by nature. He loved to see how rainbows were created, disappeared. So he actually created um, what we use today is the color wheel. Um, based on, on rainbows, he chose seven basic colors, which are um, similar to the, the C major scale. So where normal musicians are playing the piano, he's playing color on the piano. And, and I happened to stumble upon that. A few years ago, I was taking guitar lessons. Not very good. And I was struggling quite a bit. And my teacher, you know, he, he knew that I was in lighting. And he was like, okay, walk me through how you light a song. I said, okay. First thing I do is I sit down, I listen to the music. I f try to visualize the emotion that's coming out of it. And then I see the colors and that's how I create it. He's like, all right, great. I'm going to play a chord. Tell me what color you hear. And he would play a chord. And I was like, oh, that's, that's blue. I was like, okay. Played another chord. I'm like, nah, that's a little more magenta. 
And he kept going through the different chords, and it basically went through that whole C major scale. Now, this is before I found all the, the research on Isaac Newton. And he was like, this is how you need to learn how to play guitar. Don't worry about the notes. Don't worry about the chords. Feel the color. So is it that? Is it more of a feel? If I go to program my lights, is it more of a feeling or is it more of a it, science? It, it's both. Uh, it, it's, it's the feeling, it's the emotion, and it's visualizing you know, what I'm hearing. So how, how much is, is both? So I'm going to have knowledge that these two colors don't go together. Um, so, right, so how do I, am I feeling that also? You're Kinda feeling that also, yes. How you program on the So when, when, you, when, you, when you visualize the different color combinations, you can see what works and what doesn't work. Um, and then if you look at the, the color wheel, you can see what color combinations are actually uh, fit together. So I have your notes, and I kind of want to walk through a couple of different colors and kind of walk me through, you know, how that affects my life, some things in life that are those colors, that sort of thing. Okay. All right. So let's talk blue. Yep. So hit me with the things that you feel and do and things about life that are blue. So blue is that calming kind of feel, but it also portrays sadness. I feel um, blue. You feel blue? I'm just giving and, you and there's, blue I mean, there's, there's a lot of symbolism with that. You know, right. I feel blue. Um, you know, when you look up car values, you look it up in a blue book. You right. know, so there's, there's a lot of symbolism, symbolism that goes along with it as well. What about green? Um, green is the color of envy. Um, it's also the color of, of life. You know, it's a very um, natural color. All right, give me a couple more. Give me red, purples. Um, red is the color of passion. Uh, you know, we see that in um, uh, streetlights, stop signs. It's that aggressive color. Okay. So I'm just kind of walking through your notes of how different companies use color. So kind of walk me through that and how maybe we subconsciously interact with color in our day-to-day -day life. So you know, I had mentioned earlier that you know, we, we use a lot of color in our marketing. You know, it's that visual effect. Um, a lot of name brand companies will use those colors that we remember. So if I ask you, what are the colors that McDonald's uses? Right, it's yellow and red. Exactly. Um, so we see a lot, of, a lot of companies utilizing those colors because it, it, you know, we remember it. Okay, so if I'm a lighting volunteer or if I'm a lighting guy on a church staff, give me some pointers of a Sunday morning worship experience. Using that color as I program, maybe how soon do I need to program for my Sunday? Kind of walk me through how you're doing a Sunday. So whenever I, I, I program, I always make sure that I leave time to program. Um, Don't walk in on Sunday uh, and do it. Well, depends on how good you are. Okay. <laughs> I was never that good. Um, I, 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 we would get the worship set usually on a Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday, I would start listening to the songs, kind of getting a feel. Um, and then Fridays were really the day that I would program. That way, I'd get ready for Sunday. Uh, we would typically do between five and six songs. We would do three or four high praise songs, three or four worship songs. 
I always started the first song just full out. Everything I got. That way it helps the congregation wake up. Um, gets the band excited. Um, you know, speaking with a lot of worship leaders, it is so difficult when they're up on stage and they're giving it their all and the congregation is just sitting there just staring at them. So having those colors helps push that energy to the congregation. The congregation feels it and throws it back to the stage. That's why every once in a while, you know, you'll hear the worship leaders go, okay, one more time. Right. And they go back into it. That's that energy that's created in the room. Yeah. All right, I got one last question for you. We'll land on this. And you guys who are in here, if you guys have any questions, uh, feel free to ask after this one. Uh, is do I have to be uh, super knowledgeable about lighting to be a volunteer? Can, can a lot of it be learned? Uh, you know, you were a volunteer. You weren't on a church staff. Uh, you learned it. How much of it is skill and how much of it is willingness? You know, a lot of it is just passion for knowledge. Um, it, could be, it could be learned, absolutely. Um, there is a little bit of talent. you got to have a little bit of rhythm, <laughs> which, you know, I learned. Um, but a, a lot of it is just feeling that emotion, you know, that comes with music. Do you have a favorite lighting board? I have several favorite. Um, for me, my, my favorite is the one that's going to do the job. There you go. There you go. You know, I, I always equate a lighting console to a comfortable pair of shoes. Everybody's different. Everyone wears a different pair of shoes. It's just, it's a comfort fit. As long as I get there. Awesome. You guys have any questions on this topic? Yeah. I'm going to repeat your question for the camera here in a second, okay? That's a great question, man. I'm going to repeat it uh, for, for the podcast here. The, the question is, how do I share with my leadership the importance of pouring energy and intentionality into lighting, whether that's color, spending money on gear, that sort of thing. Did I get that correct? All right. You want to answer that, Tom? Sure. Um, you know, one thing that I always look at is the purpose. What is the purpose of, of your ministry? Is it broadcast? Is it the local congregation? Once you understand what the purpose is, then it's really easy to take it to the next level. Um, you know, we would have production meetings every week after we had our service, and we would basically deconstruct our service. We would have the pastor, we would have the uh, uh, executive director, we would have the media people, uh, we would have everyone involved, and we would sit in the room and we would go through the entire service. What worked, what didn't work, that way we improved. Um, I know there's a lot of ministries that once they do the service, they're done. They never look at it. They don't look, you know, to see how they can get better. The introduction of color really brings out the, the emotion, and, and it takes that, that worship to the next level. Um, you know, if you think about when you walk into a classroom, how bright it is. How does that make you feel? It doesn't really make you feel like any kind of worship. So when you start to create that atmosphere, the congregation will enter into a deeper sense of worship. So I'm going to repeat part of his, his question, too, because I would be really interested in your response. Say if a pastor comes back and says, well, fluorescent lights are fine. I mean, what, what we got is fine. There's no reason to, 
spend any money on anything to enhance it. We don't need to buy additional cans, additional smart lighting, anything like that. What we got is, is fine. How would you respond to that? Again, I think it goes back to the purpose. You know, if it's just the pastor on the platform speaking and addressing the congregation, that could be fine. Once you start to introduce the production value, you want that quality to be as good as you can. Um, there's a lot of ministries that will say, I will never go on TV. Until that local station calls and says, hey, I just happen to have a slot on Sunday morning. Would you like it? There's a lot of ministries that, that are, you could reach thousands, thousands and millions of homes yes. with the gospel. Most of those churches are not TV ready. And they end up going on TV. Doesn't look very good. So when people are, are sitting at home and they're flipping channels and they get to that production, that service, they may go right by because it doesn't look good. It's the production quality that's going to grab the attention of the viewer, but then it's the pastor's message that's going to keep them there for the next 28 minutes. Right. So I think you bring up a good point, and that's another way to answer that, is we want to, we want to enhance your message and make it more effective so that people can hear about Jesus and grow closer with him. And when they can have a better experience, your message will be not only heard, but digested a lot better uh, if the experience is better. Does that help answer you? Awesome. You guys have any questions? We end up? Good. The question is, do I use lighting throughout my entire worship experience? Or do I just no light, maybe just during the sermon, just a fluorescent? Do I use it throughout the entire experience? So, so for me, it, it starts the moment the congregation walks into the room. The room has to be set with that inviting environment. And then as you go through your service, there should be some transition. So it should get really bright. And then during worship, become a lot dimmer. That way you can kind of feel that, that transition. And then when it comes time for, for the message, it should get brighter again. So there should be some ebbs and flows, um, you know, just like when we're telling a story. You know, you've got a beginning, a middle, and an end. So it should all flow seamlessly. Should I bring up the fluorescence during the sermon and just leave them on, or should I use the lighting and dim it? You know, it, if that's the only lighting that you have, that's what you have to go with. You know, for me, when, whenever I'm designing a lighting system, um, I will have fluorescents in there, but I classify those as cleaning lights. That are, those are not my production lights. Um, if you have the availability to do other kind of production lights to set the room, that's better. If all you have is fluorescent lights, there are ways to color tune them to make it a little bit more inviting. So I'm going to take one thing that you said a step further. You, you were mentioning as soon as people walk in the room, I would say before that even, you want to make sure that your room is set before the doors open. Don't let them walk in when your environment's not set. Would Absolutely. You agree Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Because a lot of times people remember the first thing they see and the last thing they see. So if they walk in and that room's not set, they're going to remember that. Um, same with, you know, when they're, when they're leaving. So when service is over, 
never bring up the lights the full, you know, right away, because that's what they're going to remember. Would you recommend that the lights are low during the sermon or bring them up during the sermon so that people can read their notes? You know, it, it, it's all style-based. Um, I like to keep them bright for the fact that, you know, they want to read their notes. Also, pastors want to see the reactions. They want to see people's faces. Yeah. So that's another reason why you want to keep the lights on. Great question. So I'll repeat this uh, for us. How do I uh, have navigate conversations of making aesthetic adjustments in the room that would affect lighting? I assume you mean like covering up the windows or, you know, moving some, uh, you know, building things around to make sure that the lighting works for you. Great question, man. That is a good question. You know, f- for me, it's, again, it, it's the purpose. You know, are, are you a broadcast ministry? If you're a bar- broadcast ministry, then you want, you want to look at everything through the camera. You want to look at every camera angle, and you want to see all those different effects. Um, you know, my home church, we're in a gymatorium. Um, and when we started, we had curtains blocking the window big, huge window um, behind the stage. Pastor decided that, you know, we want to open up those curtains. We want to see the outside. But there was a lot of reflection that came in. Um, So Sunday morning, we would have bright sunlight coming in. So one of the things that we did was we had to treat the windows. So there's actually um, a gel that you can put over the windows that will still let the light come in but it knocks it down a couple of steps. Um, it's called neutral, neutral density that will help knock the light down so it's not so, so glaring. Um, but again, you gotta look at everything through the eyes of the camera if you're a broadcast ministry. If you're not a broadcast ministry, you wanna try to enhance the room. Um, and it's difficult depending on the situation that you're in. You know, I do a lot of designs for churches that are in strip malls you know, old movie theaters. So you want to be able to, you know, project patterns or gobos on the walls just to enhance it. Um, you know, I always say that I'm a little ADD. So whenever I go and I see a show, I look at everything. I'm looking around. I'm looking at the ceiling. I'm looking at the lights. I'm looking at, you know, how everything affects me. So when I design, I put little elements in there for people like me to look at, but still bringing it back to the focus. Good. All right, how can people follow you? And we'll stick around a few minutes uh, for you guys too. Uh, how can people follow you and keep up with what you're doing at Harborside? Oh, that's a good question. I never really thought about it. Um, I do have a website. Um, I have to think about it. Um, worshipld.com. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, I do parties, bar mitzvahs. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for the, for the time, Tom. Really appreciate it. No, thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, we'll stick around, guys, if you guys want to chat. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Tune in next time for Display Screen Options, LED, Multi-Screen, and Environmental Projection with Donnie Hawk. I'm Gene Lass, Editor of Worship Facility. <laughs>